Are we on? Yes, we are. Well, thank you. I admire you for being here. Well done for supporting your children. <laughs> Hope you are not suitably embarrassed, you know, with being knit in the mother's womb and all that. Interesting questions on the way home. But that's the whole point of this. The really important thing is that you are the ones who need to be open for those questions. Can we get started, Isaac? Are we still waiting for the young one for the... Just get started, they fit in. Okay, so you already heard the young people's talk, so I won't be going through the kind of nitty-gritty bits of what we did with them. But what I'd like to do with you is really give you more of a background, and then let's open it up for any kind of questions that you might have. So let's start off by just understanding who are these babies that you have produced, and what kind of babies are they? So we talk about Gen Z and Gen Alpha. Now, you may be familiar with this. Gen Zs are your teenagers, the kind of 14, 15-year-olds plus. They are the digital natives, the ones that I said were born with the computer chips in their brain and the smartphones attached to their hand. And with thumbs only, they only need thumbs because that's all you need for the smartphones. So they live in this digital world where any information is only a click away. This is their world, a wireless, hyperlinked, user-generated world where they live in a state of FOMO, a fear of missing out, because everything is like something they must be involved in like now. That's your Gen Zs. Ah, but what about your babies? The ones who were born in 2010 or after? 2010, the year when the iPad was launched, Instagram was created, and app was the word of the year. These are your babies. These are the ones who don't click on anything. They are the glass agers because all they do is swipe. I had a parent tell me that her toddler swipe, uh, uh, toddles up to the television and swipes right to change the picture because that is their world. They are multi-screen, multitasking, and glass or plastic is their medium. This is your children of today. By two years, they probably know more than you know. And this is the reality. Your children are the most connected, socially aware, advertised to, and sexualized generation that ever walked this planet. My dear Christian brothers and sisters, they are the generation least, the demographic least likely to stay on in church. This is why you as parents, you as youth leaders, you are the hope for these children. So I want to do a couple of things with you. One is just to explore the communication channels of your children. Now you look at all these apps, and I'm sure you recognize them all, or at least some of them. The one that has the red box entertainment and an arrow pointing to it. If you're in year fives and six, you would have recognized it. Anyone know musically? Yes? 
Spotify, yeah, musically. It's actually uh, TikTok, I think, is the one who's bought, bought up musically. That's the latest app image for it. Musically, anyone? Youth leaders, no? Musically is originally it used to be your uh, smartphones probably still have a circle with a little white squiggle in it. That's just in that bottom triangle there. And that is a program which allows children to listen to music and lip sync and do movements and little 15 second clips, video clips that can be streamed to the world. And year five and six, remember what I told you? Emotional brains with very little self-control. These are your children. Some of the others, community apps, the discussion apps, that A is Amino, it's a discussion group. There are lots of discussion groups. Any app that leads into a chat room is a dangerous place for a child to be. Snapchat, Instagram. Video games, do I have the famous Fortnite there? I'm not even sure. But the, vi the video games that your kids are playing, most of them have chat function, I mean, multiple players. How do you know whom they are chatting to? See, porn, predators, and persecution or cyberbullying. I call it the three Ps. Every time your child is on any app that involves a chat function, they could be exposed to porn, they could be exposed to predators, and the cyberbullying that goes with it. You know, there was a program, I don't know whether anyone saw recently on Compass or 60 Minutes, that talk from the, that had, was interviewing Australian Federal Police, and they were talking about the dark web predators, and they were talking about, and I just copied this down while I was watching it, Australian, 12,000 reports in one year of children, social media, and they said there's a new report of some kind of predatory activity every 25 minutes, and this is only the tip of the iceberg, because a lot of it is not reported. It was a horrifying statistic. But the reality is, these are your children. So what can you do? My dear brothers and sisters, couple of things. First thing is, you must have an open phone policy. What does this mean? It means telling your children that if it's on your phone and you don't want me to know about it, it should not be on your phone. This is the reality of today. You can always take the one down and ask them to tell you what it is. Now, when I'm talking to, like, today I was only giving a sort of a, I was aware of the mix of ages, but when I'm talking to a mainly a sort of older group, I tell them, you know, you need to understand the dangers of this, of sending a picture, a nudie to someone, because you may think you're only sending it to your best friend, but it is child porn that you are creating. If your children send a picture, they are creating child porn. And if they have it on their phone, that is illegal. And you need to talk to your children about this. You need to know what's on their phone. And I'll give you a couple of websites later, where, which actually tell you all about the different apps and the dangers. So talk to your children about these. 
share with them. And if they say, I want this app or I want that, then say, can we, let's talk about it. Let's explore it together. It's very important that you do that. So that's called being a social media mentor. There's a couple of other apps, the one at the bottom in the dating and hookup, that red sort of flame that's called hot or not where girls mainly go and put pictures and then rate how hot these pictures are, and boys and girls. You can imagine what that does to self-esteem. Um, over in the corner under the Hide It is an app that looks like a calculator, works like a calculator. You put in a code and it becomes an app that hides everything else. Pictures, videos. You need to know what's on your kids' phones. You truly need to. The time when you can say, oh, I can just trust them, they are all right, is so not there now. You need to be aware. It is your God-given duty that you know it. Why is it important that you are the one who talks? Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because we've already talked about it. You need to help your kids. I was trying to help them, and you, you are the ones who can follow it to know the vulnerability of their brain. We talked about it, and it is true. When you think, look at your kids who, yesterday they were your little possum, pumpkin, and baby boo, and all of a sudden they're this alien in the bedroom. That's puberty. That is the hormone change, and that emotional brain with very little control. You are the ones who can help them develop delayed gratification, and self-control. Emotional brains cannot tolerate delayed gratification. You take that picture, you have to send it immediately. Somebody asks you for a picture, somebody asks you for something, you want the excitement of doing it immediately. You are the ones who can help them to look at, to discuss consequences. How do you do this? You look for teachable moments. There are all the time decisions to be made. Any decision, you go shopping, want to buy something, you use that as a teaching moment. So it doesn't have to be sex. So why do you need it? What are the pros? What are the cons? So you want this particular crop top or pair of shorts that shows your bum crack. Let's talk about the pros, <laughs> the pros and the cons of why you would wear it. What would be the... Why do you want it? What would be the good things or the bad things of wearing this? Why, what are your friends doing? Use it as discussion moments to teach this self-control, delayed gratification, particularly because these are not things that come readily to a child's mind. Deuteronomy 6, you know that. You know, after God gives, Moses gives the, the commands, he, he says, impress them on your children. Talk to them when you sit at home at the television or you're driving them for soccer or walking along the road, whatever. Talk to them all the time. You are the sex educator of your children because if you don't do it, then who will? Pornography and their friends. Is that what you want? So for those of you who are youth leaders, you too are extremely important, finding their identity and navigating. So. We've already talked about this, but, you know, pulling it to a biblical point of view, Philippians 4.8, you know, brothers, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, think about these things. Today, and I'm now 
upping the discussion to a bit of science here. We call this neuroplasticity. And that is the fact that what you feed your brain will wire your thinking at all ages. This is why porn is dangerous for any age, because it takes over your brain circuits. I've talked to chaplains who work in retirement villages, and now they have problems of porn use in retirement villages. And we have porn use in primary school. The rate of child-on-child -child sexual abuse is rising almost exponentially in primary school. We are not talking about high schools. Children are, we are seeing family abuse of 12-year-olds abusing younger siblings. Why? Because either they're watching porn or somebody is showing them porn and they are getting their brain wired. Children's brains, little children, for those of you who may have littlies in like primary school, their brains are work on this kind of monkey see, monkey do. You can't, they're not really thinking sexual. They're thinking, I've seen this, it looks like fun, I'll try it. They know it's something kind of, as I told them, wriggly and wiggly. It's kind of something funny and fun, and these people are doing it, and they just imitate it. So it comes right across the age span. So for you and for your children, please talk about the dangers of porn exposure. And I just tell you, just while we are talking about it, a three-pointer for any age. Say no, run away, talk to someone. For littlies, it's easy. You Primary school, before you send your kids to primary school, if you see something with people without clothes, which I told them today, or little clothes doing something that makes you feel sort of wriggly or wiggly or say, you, that's awful, then if it's somebody else showing you, say, I don't want to see that. If it's your own device, put it off. Run away, go away. Flee from temptation. And always talk to someone. And even for adults, why? Because those images get fixed in the brain. I can tell you stories of case studies of children who have talked about it, who have seen it, and just feel so guilty because they don't understand it unless you have talked to them about the dangers, which is why in our, what we call the baby book, The Birds and Bees, one of the little books is understand, talk, uh, Understanding Pornography because porn is prevalent even at primary school level. You have to talk to your children. So an older child, put the device off. If somebody's showing it to you, say, don't want to see that, walk away, go away, and always talk to someone, because debriefing is extremely important. So that's really important for you to be the one who knows what's going. Brothers and sisters in Christ, do you know what your children are watching when they're in their room? Do you know what they're watching on Netflix, on SBS, I'm not SBS delayed or whatever it is that you can get on your computer? Do you know? How are they feeding their brains pornography? I mean, you know, are the computers in a place where you can monitor them? Have you got controls on your computer? Have you got filters? Have you got accountability software? In you have to talk to your children. These things have to be there because it's far too easy and far too tempting for young emotional minds. 
and I, for those of you who are youth workers, ministry workers, this is important conversations to even have in your church because all the statistics, and I'm talking out of the youth, but into a general congregation, all the statistics we have in pornography says that porn in the church and outside is about the same rates of use. Porn destroys marriages. Up to two years ago, I was seeing couples, only Christian couples, and um, almost every couple I, was, I saw had a current or past porn issue. Do you know your, the friends your children have? Have you discussed with them the dangers of befriending, friending people online and teaching them to make wise decisions as to whom they accept as a friend? You need to have this discussion because it's all too easy to just make friends with someone on Instagram or, you know, we have accept as a friend and then that person could be anyone who's masquerading as a young person even. I tell young people, I didn't say it today, but I tell young people, you know, on, on computer you can, social media, you can be a dog, except it's hard to be typing with furry paws, you could be a dog. Because that is the reality. You need to talk to your children about the friends. Proverbs 12, the righteous choose their friends carefully. The way of the wicked leads them astray. This is all biblical principles, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Your children's brains need help. Proverbs 22, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Research out today. I love it. I didn't even have time to write it down. I was just got it on Twitter a couple of hours ago. Research out today. Chil children who grow up in families where there's regular church attendance, and this is great, and families who have prayer as part of their regular habits. These children have less depression, less suicidality, less um, risky behavior, less STIs, and are generally more happy adults. Why are we surprised? We need research to tell us this, but this is wonderful because today we are seeing the research evidence that nurturing children, praying with your children is important. This is such an important thing. You know, we all pray for our children, but pray with your children at any age, at all ages. <laughs> My darling 43-year-old Presbyterian minister, when he comes home, <laughs> dad won't let him go without, don't leave before we say prayers. Because <laughs> he's a minister, so his prayer is like, he's more than happy to pray. But the reality is that that is such an important thing. And research even shows us, empirical research, that religion is an important part of children's lives. You are the ones who can make that difference in their brain. And of course, we talked of this with your children. This is so important. If your children are looking for their identity anywhere in this world, your kids are hearing that they've got to find a label for themselves. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we are living in a world where little girls are being told 
that if you like to do boy things, okay, I don't know about you, but there might be some women here who are thinking, you know, when I was a little girl, I didn't particularly enjoy doing girl things. Or maybe you enjoyed, maybe you didn't. I mean, I didn't. I grew up in a tea plantation, conservative Tamil family. My parents wanted me to go into an arranged marriage. So by seven years old, I was cooking and cleaning, while my two brothers, who were six and seven and nine years older to me, were out there riding their bike and climbing the trees and having a wonderful time. I mean, I couldn't ride a bike anyway because that would have spoiled my virginity. But apart from that, you know, the reality is that I didn't want to be a girl because girl meant I have to cook and clean and wash dishes. I wanted to be out there having fun. I used to scream at mom and say, I want to be a boy, I want to be a boy. So today I look back and say, fortunately, I didn't grow up today because I would probably have been Patrick instead of Patricia. Because today kids are being told that if you don't like doing the kind of stereotypical thing, then you must actually be a boy. I mean, you know, we, what would we have said? We would have said, oh, she's such a tomboy. Or a little boy who likes to do girl things. You know, dad would have said, don't let him be such a sissy. Come on, let's go out and kick a ball. That would have been the way these kids would have grown up. And some of them might have grown up to the girl who became a mechanical engineer or the boy who became a cook or a dancer. And uh, it was all right. You know, it was accepted. Today, these kids are being encouraged to actually transition. And this is happening in schools, in your public schools, where kids are being told, you are not what's between your legs, you are whatever you want to be. I'm saying this outright, I didn't want to say it to the little ones, but you need to hear it, because this is so important. This is the peer pressure. Choose a label, find your gender identity you know, experiment, find out who you are. And we teach our children, you don't need to go looking. You know who you are. You have an identity that is given. You don't have to look for it in sexuality or a label or sexual activity. Our kids are being told this. I mean, I, you know, I have a 12-year-old boy after I speak in a school who comes up to me and says, I like boys and I like girls. I guess I'm bisexual. Like you're 12. You're supposed to like girls and boys. That's called friendship. We have allowed the sexualization of friendship in children. I mean a girl, 14-year-old. I told my friends I have a boyfriend, 14, and they told me, what do you mean you have a boyfriend? Have you tried lesbian sex yet? This is the world your children are living in. Experiment. Find a label. Be different. Another article I read today. In U UK? Yeah, UK. 13-year-old girls are having double mastectomies because they think they are boys. By nine years old, kids are being given puberty-blocking drugs. And this is happening here in gender clinics. Nine years old, we are just talking about the emotional brain and the control brain that doesn't mature till 20. I, I listened to a pediatrician. I'm, I'm very passionate about this, but you need to know this because this is your children. A pediatrician from US saying, 
you know, three and four year olds who come out as the opposite gender have thought long and hard about it. How many of your three-year-olds sit down and think long and hard about anything, much less about their gender? This is the world our children are growing up in. So you need to be the one who is proactive in giving them that. Talk to your little ones. God created man in his image, male and female, he created them. And youth leaders, this is such an important thing, especially with teenagers, because there's a, almost an epidemic of especially young girls who are going through this almost, what they call social contagion. In the old days, we got a tattoo, or maybe, you know, epidemics of kids in a school getting anorexic, or now it is transgender, groups of girls becoming transgender. So it's even given a name, rapid onset gender dysphoria. So if anyone wants more, come over to Glenmore Park tomorrow at 10 o'clock. We are doing a talk there. Anyway, so you are the one, and this your kids know that, so I won't go through that. But, you know, you need to point your children clearly. And you know how I stress that 1 Corinthians 6? That is such an important thing for you to teach them. The body is good as it is. God gives you a body that suits you for now. You do not have to think I need to change this or that or I need to change my genitals or change anything else. Your body is good as it is. You might want to do something that doesn't typically fit into what your body is, but that's okay. Help your children understand that. But the body is a good thing and made to honor God. You know, the rate at which kids are sharing nudies and sexting, you need to be teaching them the preciousness of their bodies. And we need to understand the culture of today so that you can help them. Now, I didn't go into a lot of the culture, the cultural background, but I'll tell you, we live in a time of what is called post-modernity. Post-modernity says there is no objective truth. That means you can do whatever you want, you believe what you want, I believe what I want, and we just ignore the fact that we don't agree on the same things. It's a kind of what kids call the you-do-you you culture. If the young ones here, they'll all get it. You-do-you. You. We have actually moved beyond that. We are now in what is called a post-truth culture, where truth doesn't matter, but desires and perceptions take over my actions. So you can give me any amount of scientific research. You can talk to me about truth. The fact is, I don't care because I will do what I desire and what gives me happiness, because it is my body, my choice, my life, I will do what I want to do, post-truth. This is what drives the transgender movement, this is what drove the marriage redefinition. And our, many of our churches actually fell for that, many Christians, you know, it's all about 
they are the person's happiness. There is no objective truth. We need to be preaching and teaching the fact that we are people who follow the truth. We follow the Lord Jesus Christ who is the truth and teach your children this. Because the world says there is no truth, live by your desires. And we have to be talking to them and saying, we have to talk to our children and say we actually know the truth. We have to talk to our children about the fact that God has a far greater cosmic message for sex and relationships. Talk to them about Genesis. Talk to them about Revelation, about Jesus back to claim his bride. Talk to them about the beauty of the Song of Songs. Talk to them of the image of marriage in Ephesians 5. Give your children the truth of the beauty of what sex is and show it to them in your marriages. Show them that non-sexual intimate friendships matter. That you can have non-intimate, non-sexual intimate friendships. Show it to them in your lives. Show it to them in the fact that singles can have wonderful lives without having sex. These are things that you can role model for your children. So we talked about <coughs> the other things with your children. Sexual activity, intimacy is a binding, a bonding act. Always talk about that with your children. And teen sex by the book and growing up covers that in fair detail. Two very important issues, I call them the elephants in our schools and our youth. <coughs> sex and gender and identity. We talked a little bit about this. We need to be very clear for ourselves. So please read up, please be informed, and I'm happy to take questions about it. <coughs> and of course, pornography. Porn rewires the brain. Again, we cover that in Teen Sex by the Book, and if you want more on gender, if you go to my website, which I will give you in a moment, there's talks that I've done elsewhere on pornography. So, let's take a little, pull it all together. Okay. Thank you, Jessica. If you want to have a family meeting, go to the mode. That's right. That's it. Just switch it off. You don't need the sign. Just switch it off. Let's talk. <coughs> yeah, interrupt the program. Okay, those are websites that are really useful. Now, I don't know whether you youth workers, you might want to explore these. Commonsensemedia.org is a great website. It covers a lot of the apps and how they are used. Protectyoungeyes.com is an excellent site, but my favorite is esafety.gov.au because it's, a, it's an Australian site. It has a, a whole page called iParenting, which is all about... <coughs> in Australian view, and it has direct links to the AF, the Australian Federal Police. If there's anything, you can go directly and discuss it with them. Excellent site. I would strongly recommend that you explore that. Um, 
the good websites for like accountability and things are Covenant Eyes. So if most of you are probably familiar with Covenant Eyes. General things, be there for your children. You know, you need to be there. You can't set boundaries and rules if you don't keep them. <laughs> You can't say you can't use the smartphone after 8 o'clock if you're sitting around with your smartphone every time they look at you. You have to be authoritative, not authoritarian, not do it because I say it, but let's talk about it. Some parents even set up social media contracts that say this is the number of hours you can use it, no phones after bedtime, or oh, I had a, I spoke at <clears throat> at, uh, where were we yesterday? Lakes Christian. Lakes Christian, years seven and eight, or six and seven? Six and seven, and their parents. So our parents were sitting at the back, and I asked the kids, so why do you need a smartphone in your bedroom? So you're supposed to sleep, you know, in, after, what time do you go to bed? Eight o'clock, okay. So after 8 o'clock, you're supposed to sleep. Why do you need the phone? Oh, because I need a torch light. So I said, parents, can you buy this child a torch? And then another one says, oh, because it has my alarm. So I said, there are little things called clocks for $2, which you can set an alarm. Can you buy this child? And because I like to listen to music in your sleep. So you see, you really don't need a smartphone or a laptop when you're going to bed. Or like one parent told me, but she has to charge it. It's like only plug point in your house is in your daughter's bedroom. I mean, like, hello. So <clears throat> we need to be aware of this. So no phones during when you go to bed, that's so important. No devices. It's at that time that the most dangerous things happen. The sharing, the sexting, all that happens in the so-called bedtime. So be aware of that. It's really important that you remember that. So be that authoritative parent and give your children, we've already talked about it, that greater vision of what sex really means and relationship. Talk about marriage. It's so important, talk to them. Speak early and speak often. It's never too early, never too early. You know, even when they're little, give them the right names for the body parts, for goodness sake. Now, your kids are probably older, but maybe, you know, your sons have penis, scrotum, daughters have vagina, vulva, leave the clitoris for later. But the point is that it's important to use the words. Why? One, if somebody shows them pornography, they can come and talk to you about it. Two, and this is sad but true, abuse. If somebody touches them, they need the words to come and talk to you. You are the ones who can teach them. You can't, it doesn't matter if you tell them too much. Just after one of my talks, uh, someone came and told me the story. I, I don't know, it's a story of a real, but grandpa, grandfather and grandmother looking after the little four-year-old, and grandpa's in his shed, and the little boy comes in and says, Grandpa, what's couple sex? So grandfather thinks, well, you know, somebody has to do this. I guess I drew the short straw. So he sits him down and he talks to him about, in a very simple way. So the boy listens and he thinks, thank you, thank you, I understand. 
Then the grandfather says, why did you ask, darling? And he said, well, grandma said lunch will be ready in couple sec, so. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. <laughs> and a very informed little four-year-old, but that's all right. Somebody has to do the conversation. It doesn't matter if you think it's too early. It really doesn't matter. But you need to be the one who starts those conversations. Never put it off. Be age appropriate, you know your children, but don't be afraid of speaking too early. It's the same one I finished with the children, and I think that's always important. You know, we worship a God of grace. We can be grave, we can show that grace to our children. Whatever we do, sometimes things can go wrong. And so if those things, if things go wrong, then just be there for them. Be there to keep the pieces together. Let them know. If you start talking early and keep those comfort open, they will always feel happy to come and talk to you. That is so important. Be there for them. Okay, so that's just my contacts. If anyone wants it, the Birds and Bees, which is primary school, has its own website, birdsandbeesbooks.com, which has some parent information on how to use the books. The two other ones are my spare time, which I have so much of. I do creative writing, so Empire's Children is set in the tea plantations of Sri Lanka during the time of the British Empire, which is when I grew up. And Snowy Summer is set between Sri Lanka and Jindabyne, the Snowy Mountains. That's for my husband who climbs Snowy, who loves climbing Mount Kosciuszko. Tell you a secret, he has climbed 132 times or 31 times? 32 times, 31 times, okay. So, and he, he's so proud that he actually took that picture that's on the cover of the book. So, they're for $15 if you like to have a look at them. Okay, any questions before I let you go join your babies? Anything at all? Sorry, she? The best we, you can do is really keep talking about how precious your body is. It's not a toy. Was she here today? Okay, that the importance of the preciousness of your body. Because you see, the point is, the moment you say, I don't want you to do this, or God doesn't want you to do this, that means we are being legalistic. And that's the surest way of our kids turning away. We need to be talking to kids from a positive point of view. Your body is precious. Your body is special. It is not a toy. It is not something you put on a showcase for people to look at. Sometimes I talk to parents, I talk to fathers, and I tell them, look, you are really important in how your father, your, your daughters especially, dress and behave, and your sons too, but particularly your daughters. And I had one one father who told me that his daughter was doing just that. And one day he called her and he sat her down and he said, look, I am a 45 or whatever year old man. And I'm going to be frank with you and tell you that if I was on the road and a girl came dressed like you, I will feel like perving her. 
So I don't want you being perked by dirty old men. And that is why I'm telling you, because I love you and your body is so precious and you are so precious. So you need to talk to them about that positive thing of caring. The moment you say don't, no, I will. Because that's the emotional brain taking over. Anything else at all. Yes. Yeah, you, you just have to keep doing what you're doing. Just keep talking about how beautiful it really means to be who you are. And that's why I would, for you, I would strongly recommend you pick up The Birds and Bees by the book and start reading it with her because there's one book that says learning about gender. And it talks about how your body is made different and it's beautiful and you can do what you want. And there are some people really who actually feel like really horrible about it, but you know, you don't have to feel that way. The way God made you is good. So keep, again, going back to the fact that God made you good for a purpose. You know, you won't be God made you this way because he has a purpose for you this way. You see, even in Christian schools, kids come from all sorts of family backgrounds, and therefore you'll, they'll be hearing the messages. And look, it's not just school. What about social media? These kids, you know, you can protect and protect and protect. But kids are getting into social media groups. Teenage girls, now she's eight, you've got to be really watching her because by the nine and ten, you see, look, women, especially men also, but women, look, how many of us went through puberty without actually being like uncomfortable about some part of our body, you know, thigh or boobs or arms or something. Today, if a girl gets into one of those groups and says, I don't like my body, I don't like going through puberty, I don't like menstruation, the response is maybe you are a boy. Maybe you are a boy. Don't tell your parents because they're not going to support you. So it's also important to keep talking about to your children about what groups they're in, what kind of conversations they're having online. I know this is scary stuff, but this is the reality in which our kids are growing up now. I, I talk to kids. I mean, I'm just coming after a whole series of talks with Bible Society Masterclass. I've had kids email me and say, thank you for saying that, and we have been in chat groups where we have been told you probably are transgender. And thank you for saying that, because now we can go back and think maybe I'm not. It's so important. Keep talking to your children. Keep reading. Keep yourself informed. It's horrendous. If you think of nine-year-olds being put on puberty blocking drugs, it's very frightening. See, it's like same sex is so yesterday now. Transgender is where our kids are being challenge. Question? True. We've got a teenage daughters growing up, uh, Christian kids. Uh, in the past, uh, when, we got, when we got married, somebody sat down with us before we got married and, and spoke about uh, 
and all that sort of stuff, um, and what to expect and all that sort of stuff. And the joy of sex is a wedding present type of book. But you're saying it's all out there now, so as a, as a father, I don't need to do that anymore when, when my daughter's... No, 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 you should be doing it from now. You see, that's the point. <clears throat> what you're talking about is that kind of reactive education that we got. Well, Sri Lanka, we didn't get anything. But, you know, you may have got, you know, someone sat you down and, you know, son, you know this, you know, very embarrassed to talk. But today, because if we don't talk to them early, like I told them, they're going to get it from porn or from chat groups or from social media. Therefore, fathers and mothers need to be talking to girls and boys. So it's not a girl, mother, boy, father thing. Your daughters grow up and they marry a man. And you are their role model. Boys grow up and marry a woman. Mom, you are their role model. So you need to be, every time I say that, I think, oh my gosh, my son is single. <laughs> What did I do to him? <laughs> what did I do to him? He's like looking around thinking, I want a sexologist for a while. You know, poor darling. Anyway. <coughs> so, some of you know my Kamal. So, anyway, the, the reality is that both mom and dad have a role in talking to both daughters and sons. And you need to be talking to them throughout and keeping the conversation going. Because you want your child to be able to come to you and say, Mom, Dad, I'm I've looked at porn and I'm feeling horrible about it. It's okay. You know, then you sit down and you talk to them, okay, darling, how did you come across it? Where did you see it? Did someone show you? You know, what is it about it? What sort of porn? Well, how can we help you work through it? You know, let's, let's try and set some systems. Let's set some accountability software into it. Let's set some filtering things which should have done before, but anyway, you haven't done it before, let's do it now. And come and talk to me if you ever see anything, the debriefing thing. But if you haven't opened the conversation, they won't be comfortable in talking to you. And they'll hide. What did Adam and Eve do when they uh, ate of the tree and God said, where are you? They were hiding. What do we do today? It's natural to hide if we think we are guilty and ashamed of doing something. So we need to work through that and make it that you are the safe place for your children to come to. So important at all ages, which is why, again, we wrote the books, Age Appropriate. <coughs> Growing up by the book, which is 10 to 14, is written in a way that it sets up conversations. And, you know, it has little boxes that say, Ask mom and dad, so mom and dad should be ready. So, you're all going on the way home in the car. I had one talk like this in a church some time ago, and similar, kids first and then the parents, and they were going home, and the next day was Sunday, and I was, it was out of Sydney, so I was spending the weekend, and one of the fathers came and said he, the mom couldn't come because she was with some other children, and he brought the daughter for the talk, and on the way home, just as they're turning into the, into the home driveway, she goes, Dad, what's oral sex? So he was like, okay, let's have a coffee, shall we? So <laughs> reverse and go and have a coffee. And I said, well done. Well done that you did that. 
that you actually said, okay, I'm a dad, let's talk about this. That's wonderful. So, you know, start those conversations. Because if you don't do it, they'll hear it from porn or they'll hear it from friends or social media. Dr. Google is not a reliable resource, okay? Well, I'll be around for a few minutes if anyone wants to ask any more questions, so. Thank you.